0: Welcome back ladies and gentlemen uh, it's Anthony and Andy here again um, look today's topic we're thinking about um, talking about a bit of car stuff you know a um, little bit of car maintenance just general general stuff that we can look at in a car and um, I think an average person could benefit quite a bit with just just having a bit of knowledge about what's going on with their vehicle and making sure that their car you know doesn't explode or grenade halfway down the highway
1: Yeah, like, this isn't anything like Mighty Car Mods or anything, we're not here to try and, you know, soup up your car, but more so it's just practical, everyday skills that you can take on board and save yourself a bit of coin, because no one has a problem with saving a bit of money, and if you know a good way to do it, then why not?
0: But, um, yeah, I guess before we start that, I'll just, um, how you been, Andrew? Hey, how's everything
1: going? Yeah, right. Um, what's been happening? Uni's finished for the semester, which is pretty good. Um, rolling into summer now, so I don't know. I was thinking maybe I might go up north and try and do some fruit picking for a couple of weeks. Just see what it's like. Oh, yeah? During that's, the holidays. that's pretty sweet. Uh, where's that at? Sydney? No, no. Way north. Way north. North okay. Queensland. Damn. So I'd just drive up there, which is about... a. It's a long drive. Um, and just stay there for two weeks, see if I can get, like, some cash-in-hand work. Hmm. Just work for, like, literally a week, two weeks. Because, obviously, uh, international students um, and fruit pickers haven't been able to get into the country. So, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> it's enough. in short supply at the moment. So, are you saying that fruit pickers are international students?
0: Well, a lot of the time they are, yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, probably... probably... Quite easy to get a bit of profit on the side, but no, that's pretty sweet, man. Um, yeah, no, I mean, well, let's just kind of jump into it, I guess. Well, just let's just jump straight into it. Um, I mean, cars. You've got a car, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. We both got cars. Both yeah. had, had a few cars. What What's your car? What, what do you have? At the moment, I have a Honda, but had a few cars. I first had a Subaru. Mm. That was good until... Um, destroyed the engine um because <laughs> i didn't maintenance it correctly uh right. and then i bought a toyota Celica with my mate for 75 bucks each mm-hmm. uh so 150 and fifty dollar car and had four hundred and fifty thousand k's on it but it was awesome it was like the best car ever it was so fun to drive mm. um and yeah now i got my honda was it manual or automatic yes Celica. Uh, it was a manual. It was a 94 Celica. Oh, yeah? That's, that's actually,
0: well, does that have
1: a V6? No, no, straight four. Oh, okay. Straight four. Four four
0: bangers, I think they say. Yeah, four banger. Not turbo, I don't think they, did they have turbos back then?
1: Yeah, so, um, they had a Celica GT, which was turbo. But this was just a... I think it was like a two liter four cylinder, um, inline four cylinder. Just like a hoon
0: hoon thing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh, it was like it was nothing special, but it was a nice car.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned you what blew blew up the engine in your Subaru originally. Um, you said lack of maintenance. What did you do wrong? Like what what did you learn from that?
1: Oh well. So what actually happened was, cars all cars have a thing called a timing belt, and the timing belt's pretty important for timing as the name implies and the timing belt uh, over time gets loose so you have to either change it or tension it and I didn't do anything and then basically the engine all of a sudden stopped operating in time and when that happened some internal so one of the um, valves, valves yeah. actually yeah because it's an interference engine Yeah. Yeah, and then you just grenaded your entire engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. straight to the tip, pretty much at that point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's that's shit. Did it happen while you were driving?
1: Yeah, I literally I um, pulled out of my driveway Hmm. and (laughs) pulled out of my driveway and put it. It was a manual, sorry, auto. So I put it into drive and was like had driven five meters up the street and the engine just like conked out and it wouldn't start up again. So I literally just parked it on... It was two houses up on the other side of the street. I just parked it on their uh, nature strip mm-hmm. and left it there. <laughs> I, I left it there and then they went They went to the council and, um... <laughs> about it. <'cause> they, yeah, <laughs> they went to the council about it and they got um, someone to put a towing notice on it. So they had someone put a towing notice on it and, um... Yeah, I had I had this, fi- like, towing notice on my car for a few days until I <laughs> literally just rolled it back down the hill and <laughs> into my driveway. Goddamn, man. Well, and then, yeah, so we can, But Well, I mean, maintenance
0: of something like a timing belt is pretty advanced. Um, it's something that a lot of people... It, it's, it's quite a complicated job, and it depends on the engine. Like, a lot of modern cars, are, it's quite difficult to access the cover and change the belt yourself, and there's a bunch of tensions that you have to worry about and all that. It's probably a bit overwhelming for a large... Portion of people, but something kind of more simple uh, that you can tend to that I think the majority of the people should know. People that drive the car should know is just checking basic fluids. You know, your coolant, your engine oil are the biggest ones that you want to be checking. Um, you could also check something like your brake um, brake reservoir, I think it's called. Just make sure you have enough brake fluid in there. Really simple stuff under the bonnet. Um, you know, most cars that that the general population have are front engines um they have the engine at the front and a lot of the stuff is at the front too so i don't have to worry about finding specific you know i think like porsches and stuff have their have their oil dipsticks at the back of the car and maybe in obscure places and stuff like that um you know, i remember watching a video the other day lotus had one kind of in in the boot underneath one of the uh, like near the seats it's really obscure but for the most part people sh- should be able to find kind of your, your oil dipstick, it's, it's probably the most important thing I'd say would be the oil dipstick in the front of your car. So, with that, often when you find it, it's like a little, I don't know what it looks like for your Honda, but it's like a little yellow cap, and it's a little picture of like a, an oil. If you kind of think about Wizard of Oz, you know, back in the day, Wizard of Oz, he has like a little metal thing that he oils his joints with.
1: I forgot the name oh, of the character. um, Tin Man. What, yeah, that- what is it? It's a, like a jerry can that he... Oils, yeah, that. J- it, yeah. It,
0: it looks like that. It's like a little little jerry can with like a drop coming out of it. That's your oil dipstick. Mm. Check it out, pull it out. Um, depends on the car. I mean, I've got a Holden, you've got a Honda. I think both of them have really similar dials where when you take it out, you have kind of two dots. You have two holes or two, two dashes or something on it. Yeah,
1: that. Two, two indicators.
0: Yeah. So... When you do check your oil, like just after you've done some sort of service, just, you know, take it out, give it a good wipe the first time it's useless. Chuck it all the way back in, put put dipstick all the way back in, um, take it out again and just have a look and see where the oil is. The, it should be in between, you know, two dots or two dashes mm. or in between two, I guess, markers. There's, there's two visible markers on that dipstick. Um, you know, you just check that. When do you check
1: yours? How, how often? Oh, once a month, once every two months, not not as frequently as I as should, but yep. I do it like occasionally and the things you look for is like the level, um, and obviously if it's getting less, you're losing oil, mm. and the colour. Yeah. Um, if you've ever seen oil, like synthetic oil before you put it in their engine, it's like a... Yellow. Yeah, like yeah. a honey kind of like colour. Yeah. Like it usually after it's run through the car, ends up becoming black but um, or, or darker, but you don't want it kind of like sitting in the oil, uh, tank when it is black mm. because it's not working as well as... Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, something like that, just make sure the oil levels in between those two bars and I guess just make sure that they're... I guess at the, at the very least that there's oil in the dipstick. Like, a lot of people... You know, cars could work... If you don't see any oil on the dipstick, cars could work because the dipstick's just designed to give you a, a good range. It doesn't mean your car's empty of oil, but if there isn't any oil on the dipstick, you definitely want to add some in. Um, at, the, at the very best, it just decreases the lifespan of your engine. Um, at the worst, it just it just grenades I think an engine could work roughly... You know, it depends on the engine, five to ten minutes without oil until it just literally grenades and welds itself together. Like you, just- Yeah, because... I-
1: Oil is the lubricant of the engine, so oil yep. literally ensures that the engine works and moves without causing excessive friction. Um, and th- then, when if it is to cause excessive friction, it heats up and stops moving, yep. and exactly it's a cascade.
0: Well, it, well there's there's multiple functions. Of engine oil I guess the three main ones is you want to lubricate that's the biggest function of it I guess like you have metal inside the engine you have metal on metal contact that's consistently like for example the cylinders are sliding out and forwards that in itself is going to be touching metal and you want a bit of oil uh, you want oil it's I mean the, the engine is designed exactly how much to be running in between those two seals so you get uh, like no metal loss or minimal metal loss from that sense so engines will wear out over time but with oil um, you would obviously you prolong the life yeah, prolong the, the life a second second one is it also cleans like oil itself has cleaning properties detergents and stuff inside of that just cleans all the sludge inside your engine that's why an engine looks really clean if you maintain it even after long periods of time like three hundred thousand 000 k's down the road your engine looks really clean if you do the right maintenance if you looked inside the valve cover your engine should be clean there shouldn't be any sludge in there or anything um and then i guess the fourth one a uh, third one sorry is is a bit more obscure. And it depends on the car, but it's also to cool. You know, there's a lot of inside the combustion chamber, you got a lot of heat there. you got heat all over the engine. It just spreads it all out and, um, you know, so you don't know, have specific spots of really hot material. Um, that's really the biggest three things. And I think in terms of oil, we can kind of leave it there because there isn't too much more to be said about it. Just make sure the oil is at the correct level in between two dots on in, in, in the oil dipstick, which looks yellow. Um, if not, maybe add some more in, uh, probably just talk to your mechanic at that point and just let them know what's going on. And, um, you know, just advise that maybe there's a bit of oil or there's that they didn't put enough in, or maybe your engine's eating oil, which is maybe a more severe problem, but unless you've got a Subaru, which <laughs> Subarus are renowned to have pretty, um, you know, they, they eat oil pretty, pretty frequently, quite a lot every time.
1: Anything you want to add? No, nah, man. Um, yeah, so, like, obviously, uh, there's there's a large... Um, th- there are lots of things you have to consider when you service your car, and we, there's no way yeah. we can take you through all of them. Yeah. But that was just an example. Yeah. But what are the advantages, you reckon, to being able to... Like, what what's the sell here for people who don't service their cars and are thinking about doing it? I think
0: the two biggest points that I can come up with... Is cost saving, and I guess a third one, two and a half really. Second one is just um being able to learn something new, and your third one is kind of ensuring what you're putting into the car is exactly what's required, and I guess just kind of um just knowing this your overall condition of your vehicle. Like it, while you're underneath, if you're doing your own maintenance, like I'm it's it's quite quite a long topic to go through you know a video or something is more informative of how to change oils and all that that would be more informative but i mean if you change your own oil if you do your own maintenance then you can see what your car's like in the first place you can get underneath the car inspect the joints just have a look if there's a massive crack somewhere you wouldn't know or if there's you know some sort of issue oil leakage somewhere or something's leaking coolant or anything like that you wouldn't know until you're underneath the car um cost saving as well you you save quite a bit of money doing stuff yourself um not sure how much the service is. I've never paid for a service. I've always done it myself. I think they're around $100. Um, or maybe more. I, yeah, I got, maybe more. Like $200? Yeah, I got an email. I, uh, yeah, just remembering. I got an email the other day from Holden because it's like registered under, um, under my name on their system in case something pops up. And they, I think there was like a fixed cap price of $209 for a service.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: So, like, I guess $209 is quite a lot of money. Not to mention that you have to drive the car there, give it to them for a day and then either take a rental car or, you know, just sit yeah, there. Yeah, it's your and, time as well. Yeah, it, it, and I mean, you can put a price, you can put your own price on your own time. But for me at least, like I can either pay 209 bucks to service the car there or um, I can just do it myself for, I think I paid $8 for a, uh, a filter and I think $40, maybe even $37 for the engine oil. And maybe, like, an hour of my time maximum. but It takes around half an hour. Like, half an hour to an hour. I'd say dedicate that much time to it, but...
1: Yeah, for, like, a quick service and you obviously inspect your car while you do it. Yeah. So, cost saving is definitely, definitely mm. an advantage. Oh, definitely.
0: Uh, cost saving is probably the biggest one for me just because circumstances being a student and all that.
1: It's, it's quite... In, yeah. a, in addition to your list, I would say that... Um, Getting familiar with your car and beginning to service a car means that in it's inevitable one day that a car you'll own is going to break down. That's just mm. inevitable. That's true. It happens to everyone. Yeah. If you have a basic understanding of cars, like there are certain things that you can immediately troubleshoot... And, you know, if they, if they work, then done. Like, your car's not broken down, you can continue on with your day, and it might be simple. Mm. For instance, your battery might be flat. Um, uh, or you might have um, a loose ignition coil or something like that. Mm. Um, but if you don't check, or if if you have no idea to start off with, about any of those things there's never going to be a time when you can troubleshoot a problem and you you know you might be stranded it might be hot you might be somewhere remote without any with with your car and without any knowledge about cars and that's a that's a dangerous situation
0: yeah oh for sure um like straight up, if you do get stranded with your car, you'd have to try to get roadside if, if possible. But with something if like as severe as you know having engine run oil run out or leak all over the road and your engine sees, like there's no going back from that. You, the, the The best case scenario is you replace the engine. You know maybe even like the engine block. That's probably the most effective. You may be able to save the this the the header depending on how how long it's been running for. But, you know, best case scenario, you have to replace a major component of the engine and you ju- that, that costs thousands. Like nowadays, I think if you, you know, with my car, if you break something like an engine, a replacement's maybe three grand and then plus all the, if you do it at a, at a mechanic, get a mechanic to replace it, that's another like two, three grand of cost. And at that point, it's just probably not even worth it. Like it's just... Yeah, and know,
1: I think, I suppose the point you're trying to make here is that if you do regularly check things, um, by doing that, you'll en- basically ensure that that situation never happens mm. because you'll know if you've got a loose sump plug, you've got a limited amount of oil if you're leaking oil, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, honestly, that's the, that's, yeah,
0: that's exactly the point that I was trying to make. Um, and the reason why I kind of tie back to engine oil is, do you realise already, the engine oil is probably the most important liquid that you have to monitor in your car. Mm. Um... You know, coolant, if your coolant runs out, oh, I mean, worst case is your engine overheats and it seizes up and all that. But best, often you have, you know, sensors in the car that will tell you your temperature. You either have a look at a gauge or there's a light that pops up in your dashboard. And modern cars have, you know, they have little LCD panels that just say what's going on. So I think with, with, uh, like, one one of the cars that I've seen, if it just overheats, it says, you know, pull over now or it says something like coolant level low or, you know, there's something there's an issue there and it tells you what to do is it it tells you to pull over It tells you to service your vehicle It tells you to do something with your vehicle um and i think that's for the most part quite good but with oil i mean i've never seen a vehicle that checks oil level electronically they just check oil pressure and if i mean if you have no oil pressure then you have no oil or something's broken but if you have no oil pressure your engine's gonna die and by the time you've realized and the light comes on you're kind of screwed like there's at least some damage done to the engine at that point yeah exactly um,
1: you're actually making me think now probably should check my oil after <laughs> we're done <laughs> just give it a check
0: give it a check every you know what month or so just give it a give it a quick glance it takes like five seconds make roughly, sure roughly. most cars, you just leave it off uh i think some cars you have to like warm it up or some bs i think you have to even have it running with some vehicles it doesn't matter. I think the best thing to do is either check the manual in your car or just turn it yeah. off, check the dipstick, as I've said before, and you, you'll be G.
1: The easiest way to go about servicing any car is by looking at a um, service maintenance schedule, yeah. which is what a car manufacturer will provide with a car. And it tells you when to do all of these types of things, all yeah. the major services that a car manufacturer knows the car will need. They'll tell you about it. So it might say replace the timing belt at 150,000 Ks, replace oil every 5,000 Ks, replace pl- replace coolant maybe like every 100,000 Ks. What it, it will give you a time frame and things to do in those time frames. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And if you're honestly not, if you're stuck and don't know what to do in terms of servicing, like you you can't it appears that nothing is wrong. Go to the service uh, maintenance schedule and just see what the car needs Mm. because nothing might, like, this is more preventative. Like, car maintenance isn't just repairs. It's preventative um, treatment so you prolong the life of the car. Yep. Yep. What would you recommend in terms of buying a new car? Like, if if you've, You're buying your first or second car. What do you get? Um, I mean, if I specifically talk
0: about brand new cars... In my opinion, it just depends on your circumstance and what you want from your vehicle. So, something like, in Australia, at least, like, Hyundai, I think, Mazda... What, brand, uh,
1: Yeah, but who's... No one's buying a brand new car for their first or second Oh, car. no, no, no,
0: no. So, you mean brand new to them, but second hand, like, a used car of some sort. Yeah, yeah, someone's
1: buying a new car because their first or second car, like, what would they get? Um, Honestly like you probably want a car you want a car that
0: suits whatever purpose you want that's like in terms of model a car like do you want a truck do you want a hatchback do you want an SUV whatever but the most probably important thing when you're buying a new car is probably to have a look at the maintenance history you want to look at what's the car what what the car's been through what's the life of the car been like Um, you know with with something like a car, if you buy it and there's absolutely no history, you check the oil or something like that and it's, it's a completely different topic of checking your car when you buy it, but it's a pretty long topic as well. But if you just have a look at something like your oil and then you look up the book and it says, you know, this owner's, you know, looked after the car, it's gone service every 10,000 Ks, it's done it at either a dealership or themselves and they, they seem like they know what they're doing. Um, the engine the car looks fine it drives fine it, it doesn't there's not, no issues with there's no weird throttle issues nothing it's just it just drives how it's meant to be has a good history you'll probably have a safe bet that that's a good car that's probably the most important thing your history checking that the car's been maintained it's it's like you know
1: yeah if you I give... look at that you would look in you would find that in the servicing manual right yeah exactly
0: so m- most of the time i mean i write mine in a separate book but mostly it one of the books with the car has, like... It's just dedicated book to servicing and they have, like, stamps and stuff that you've brought in or you write the kilometres and details of what, what you've done. Um, I keep a comprehensive list for my car, although I do maintenance myself. I say exactly what oil I've used, keep receipts and everything. But if the owner does that, at the least, you would know that that vehicle's probably been okay. And, like, cars are pretty robust, so... You know, if you, if you, if you meet a young bloke, if the seller is a young bloke, likely he might've flogged it. It's, it's, it's a dangerous assumption, but he might have flogged it. But cars are so resilient nowadays that honestly, if you flog the car, it will probably still last for a very long time. It's not going to last like 10,000 Ks. I
1: disagree. No. Really? Um, so if I was to buy a new car, I, I, I agree. I'd be looking at the servicing history. Hmm. I'd be looking at the person I buy it off. Hmm. Honestly, like I guess we're young blokes, but I wouldn't buy a car off me even. Not because <laughs> not because I don't treat cars well, because I'm I'm pretty uh, respectful and I, I'm not an idiot when I'm driving. Um, but it, it's just a dangerous gamble to buy a car off a young bloke, and that's just in my experience. Like they. They just flog cars. Um, mm. I would look more towards, like, you know, someone in their late 20s onwards. Um, my Honda was bought off, just some lady. She was a one... Uh, the car was, had only ever had one owner, mm-hmm. so that was something going for me because I knew that she knew everything about the car. Like, she didn't buy it off someone who bought it off someone else. There was only... It was me and her and that were the only two people who had ever, um, driven the car. So, mm. I'd be, yeah, so I'd be looking at who I'm buying the car off. I'd be looking at the type of car. Um, I'm a bit biased, but in terms of, um, cars that are easy and reliable, I tend to prefer Japanese cars, um, because we're in Australia, they're easier to service, they're cheaper parts are easier to get um and i'd be picking a slightly older car like for instance my car now is in the mid to uh made in the mid 2000s and it's like as electronic as i'd want it's still pretty mechanical yep. but um obviously the further down you go in terms of production the more electronic cars cars yep. get
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you can go down an entire loophole with the whole Electronic argument of how how much cars are are now just kind of put behind hay paywalls and 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 part availability is quite low with a lot of vehicles. Like you have this small issue that happens, you have to replace either the entire the entire component or you have to pay an exorbitant amount of money just to get that component. Shifted. Oh, totally. But with something older, like you've got a Honda Civic, that I mean, you can if you have like a light bulb that's blown, you just replace the light bulb type of thing. Or if you have something wrong, like your, I think your car, we were doing transmission repair, you remember the you know, transmission oil repairs a couple mm. uh, a couple of months ago now. All we did is, you know, it took us like an hour of time, undo one of the the plugs, you know, chucking the oil at the top, wait, wait until it runs out, seal it up, you're G. With something like my car, it's it's newer, and they have less, you know, I, I don't know where the drain plug is for my transmission. I, I've been looking at it for ages, I don't know where it is. There's no service manual that it really tells me what it is, or if there is, it's not correct. Um, like straight up because I mean Chevrolet Sonic H- Holder barina they're two different car this pretty much the same but slightly different so I can go down an entire hole with that and uh, honestly that'll probably be better with a different episode I don't want to get too off topic but for the most part yeah I think I agree with you I don't know about the age argument I'll be honest I, like yes you know younger population tends to
1: floor it more often and they probably don't look after the car as well but I mean that, uh, and they've got less money, so they're less able to service a car. They generally have less time, especially if they're students. So, um, like a car service versus study, I don't know what you'd choose, but I'd be choosing study. Mm. Um, they're young. They tend to be irresponsible. They tend to uh, be less accountable. So even if there is a problem with the car, I wouldn't. And this is very biased. <clears throat> but, and, like, obviously there's fallacies involved here, but in general, I think you're safer um, buying it from someone who is a little bit old, older, probably is, through life experience, is a little more accountable.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'd say, look, on a, on a more general note, you're you're probably right there. I, an older person would likely, likely look after their car a bit better than someone younger, but that doesn't mean that you should exclude young people. Young purchases No I think, I no, think right. Just be wary of them But yeah I agree that I think the the older The population is The more they look After their vehicle I, I can't I, I think I can get Behind that Yeah Um, But yeah I mean Realistically exactly. Yeah Like I think I think we've covered Everything that we want Like the, the main points I guess is just you know, watch your car. No, If possible, have a look at it. There's a bunch of, like, YouTube is, is an amazing platform. There's so much there that you can look at. Your specific car, oil change, 10-minute video, 15-minute video of how to change the oil in your specific car. It even probably tells you what oils to use and everything. You want to double-check that in your service manual, but, you want, you know, it tells you maybe even the intervals that you want to change it at and how to change it. You know, you need a couple of things, like, what, um, a spanner, that's pretty much what... Uh, a spanner is probably all you need. Really? Like, I think with, an, like, an oil pan, that's all you need.
1: Yeah, like, um, obviously it depends. Like, if you want to... If you really want to get in this, like, um, get yourself into servicing, I'd probably recommend getting a socket set. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. A socket wrench, spanner, a hammer. Um, <laughs>
0: for, for all the uh, for the times when it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't
1: comply with you. <laughs> definitely a hammer. Um... That's pro- that would probably do a lot of the things you need mm. for
0: a car. Mm. Yeah. Don't be, don't be scared about it. If you want, if you want, um, if you want a bit, if you want a bit of certainty about what you do, then, um, I mean, if you don't trust YouTube fully, then just maybe get, ask a mate, um, you know, that someone's more inclined with cars. I'm, I'm sure that if they're a car enthusiast, I'm sure they'll go gladly and help you out, doing oil oil mm, change. Yeah. Like watch over, make sure you're doing it right. And Honestly, at the end of the day, if you're, like, just with oil, for now we'll talk about oil, if you just have the oil level right, you put, you know, the right oil in there, and that's it, your car will probably, like, it'll be fine. Like, realistically, doing an oil change, that's all you need to worry about, the oil level and the type of oil. That's it. Like, you know... At the, at the worst case, like, if everything drips out, there's no oil in there, which is, I mean, when you're doing oil change, it's meant to happen, but if there's everything drips out, you put in oil, and you don't know how much to pour in, you know, you can just keep checking the dipstick, stuff like that. Like, you know, just keep sure, make sure the level's right, make sure that's the right oil, and you should be good. Um, and definitely abide by, as like I kind of say, what you said before, definitely abide by what's in the manual, and what the engineers for the car have said. Like, some there are some exceptions, but for the average person, stick to that, because... The engineers. I'm not an engineer. You're not either. Like, I'm not gonna argue if they say five W thirty, I add five W thirty. If they says four and a half liters, I add four and a half liters. I don't argue with that. You know, I put in exactly what they what they asked me to put in.
1: Um, yeah, sweet, cool. Oh, well, yeah, that's um, that's a quick introduction to servicing your car. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another episode, but um, yeah, see you guys later. Too easy.